Good morning, church. Good morning. Can I just say one of the best parts of the auction this year was I didn't have to do much. <laughs> Actually, because Ashley, Ashley just killed it with the auction. Um, and she does every year and just does a great job. Um, but one of the cool things at the auction is I got to, I got to sit in the background and, or stand in the background and watch the room um, and just the excitement and the bubbles and the people are just bubbling and talking and the relationships are happening at all the tables and um, it's great that you guys pay $35 each to come and talk to, get, talk to one another and get good food and be entertained by Dana Buck, who's our auctioneer. and um, He's our drummer this morning, but then he went, ran right out to teach Sunday school. He's a man of God who serves and he's amazing. And, um, but the funniest moment of the night I'm going to tell on him, and I didn't even ask for permission, so it's sometimes better to ask for forgiveness than permission, so, <laughs> so forgive me in advance, but it was when um, we, the, we have these four front row Mariner tickets that my mom's best friends gets us every year. They're amazing tickets. You're on TV all the time because they're right behind first base. They're incredible tickets. They normally go for anywhere between four and $500, um, and this year they were hot. They were the hottest item in the auction, so people are bidding, and it's going crazy, and Avon is setting up, Avon's the guy who has the brand new um, metal electric guitar, um, and so he, uh, he's bidding, and at one point, he stopped bidding in front of his wife, and she was like, and it got to about 500 plus, and uh, she's like, I'm, and I'm totally watching the whole thing, she said, Oh, just stop bidding. I'm so glad you stopped bidding. Meanwhile, he put his arm around his wife. <laughs> with a bitter card in his hand. And she's just like, oh, I'm so glad you've stopped bidding. You know, $550. $600. And the whole time, oh, thank you for stopping bidding. We've already done all this money. 700, you know, and then sold, you know, and it's so funny. <laughs> and Avon, Avon, you're the straight man, but you couldn't even keep it straight. Avon's like laughing the whole time as he's, it was so good. So I pray, he was crying because it was so funny. I pray you have an amazing time at the game because it was worth it for us just to watch that happen. Hey, a few weeks ago, uh, we, you know, we meet as a staff, and um, I just feel like as a church, we just need to pray more as a church. And so we came in, we left all our notes and all our busyness, and we came in here as a staff, and we just prayed through this room, and we just sat here and prayed and shared together for about 15 minutes, and it felt like an hour. It was so good and so rich. And one of the things we're praying for is just for us as a church that we would encounter Jesus here. And that we'd have these incredible, just like Moses we talked about last week, we'd have these incredible I am moments with God. And that's what we want you to experience. We want each one of you here to experience these I am moments with the Almighty God who loves us and cares for us and, and has chosen you to be his. That's what we really pray for, that you experience. And if you haven't had one of those I am moments with him. Can you come and talk to one of us? You don't have to just talk to me, but talk to somebody and say, I want 
I want to have an encounter with God. Not that we search out experience over faith, no. But I trust, trust me, when you follow Jesus, you will experience things. Okay, we're not seeking experience, we're seeking him. But in that, we will experience him. Moses experienced God at the burning bush. I believe over the next few weeks, as we study the seven I am's of Jesus, our prayer is that you would experience him in a new way. Jesus took the I am from Exodus chapter 3, and he added to it and said, I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we're going to talk about all those things. We're going to be in John chapter 6 today. And I'm a learning pastor, and so that clock, I look back at that clock, and you know what it means to me? Exactly. And so I'm learning that it does mean something because we have Sunday school teachers out there and we have schedules to keep. And so I'm learning. So we're going to jump right in this morning. We're going to be in John chapter 6. And we're going to look at Jesus' first I am statement. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Every time I say that, I think of my pastor friend in Mexico whose boys are named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I love that. I love that. John chapter 6 is a, is a very unique passage. Very unique passage. Um, we could camp here for a long time because it's the feeding of the 5,000 plus because for some reason back then they just counted the men. So I don't know about you, but when I go places, my wife's with me. When, when we had a younger one, when we went places, he was with us. And so... You know, the estimate is, you know, 8,000 to 10,000 people at least. Jesus feeds 5,000 people. It's a miracle. I think a lot of people don't actually realize what's happening. But Peter says, well, Philip, first of all, Jesus says, hey, set everybody down. We're going to eat. Let's eat. And Peter, uh, Philip first says, that's going to cost a lot of money. That's Philip's first response. That's going to cost a lot of money, a half a year's wage. And then Peter comes up and says, hey, I found five pieces of bread and some fish. Which is, that's not even close, right? We were at a restaurant one time with some friends. It was a guy's weekend. I think Avon actually was there when we went to Whistler and went skiing. And I was the old guy invited to go. And, and we went up there. And we went to dinner. And one of the guys had um, forgotten his wallet. <clears throat> and so it came to the very end. It came to the very end, and it was a bigger tip than we expected. And there were a bunch of young guys, and young guys don't tip. And so I'm trying to teach them, hey, we got to take care of our servers. And so we're kind of going around the room, how much money do you have? And this one guy reaches in his pocket, the guy without the wallet, and says, I have a dollar. And one of the guys in the room just looked at him and said, at the table and said, sit down before you hurt yourself. <laughs> and I kind of, that story reminds me of when Peter says, I have five pieces of bread and two fish. And Jesus is looking out at 
thousands of people, I could picture Jesus said, Peter, sit down before you hurt yourself. <laughs> I've got this. I'm going to do this. And so he does. And we know that miracle. He feeds thousands of people. And, and then there's actually tons of leftovers afterwards. And then right after that, they were going to force Jesus to be king. Do you guys know that? Right after he feeds that crowd, they conspired and said, we are going to force Jesus. He is the guy. We're going to force him to be our king and to take over. And Jesus, knowing that, sends his disciples ahead, says, hey, get in the boat, meet me on the other side. I'm going to go up to the mountain. I'm going to pray. I want you to go. I'll meet you. I will meet you. And that's what happens. He disappears. He goes up to the mountain. He prays. It's in the middle of the night. The disciples are out on the water. They're trying to cross, and there's two passages in Scripture in Matthew, but then also John. Matthew has a little bit more detail. It's when Peter gets out of the boat. But in this case, it doesn't say this in John, but this is what happens. Jesus is walking on the water. Okay, so feeding 5,000. The next, that night, now Jesus is walking on the water, meeting his disciples out in the middle of the boat. Are they glad to see him? Actually, they were terrified. Because there's nobody that's ever walked on water. And they think it's Jesus, but like it can't be Jesus because nobody walks on water. Nobody. So they're terrified. They think it's a ghost. And Jesus re reassures them and says, it is I. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of this craziness, Jesus speaks and he says, it is I. Can I just tell you that in the midst of your storm, and some of you are watching, and the reason why you're watching is because you can't be here because the storm is so big. I pray over you that you would hear Jesus' voice. And you'd hear him say, it is I. And as he speaks that over you, a peace. And what happened to the guys on the boat? This peace came over them, and it was like, whew. And what John says, as soon as Jesus stepped in the boat, just like Star Trek, they were transported to the other side. <laughs> you think Star Trek had it? Nope. That was sci-fi. This is not sci-fi. This is Jesus-fi, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> and he was, he was there. They were there right where they wanted to be. Now, somehow the crowds knew he was coming because they were longing. They saw these miracles, and they were following him. Jesus had, if there was Facebook of the day, he had a lot of followers. At this point, thousands of followers thousands of followers and it's at this point Jesus says I am the bread of life it's the first I am statement that he says I am and now he says I am the bread of life now they just experienced bread the day before and they wanted more of that bread they wanted more of that bread. But Jesus is going to expand on it. It's just not a physical bread that we, that we eat, that we bake. But he's describing himself. I am the bread from heaven. It's me. It's not this physical stuff that you're looking for that's just going to satisfy you for a few hours, but it's, it's me who will satisfy you for eternity. It's this passage where Jesus will um, predict his betrayal in John chapter 6. We could spend a lot of time in John chapter 6. 
Because he looks at his 12 and he tells them, one of you amongst us, and he actually uses the word, is the devil. One of you in this, in this circle of close friends is going to betray me. It's also in this passage right before that moment is a lot of people are going to click unfollow. In fact, most of that crowd that was there, the thousands, will click unfollow because all they want is they just want real bread. They don't want him. I had this whole elaborate plan this morning that I totally kicked. I was up at 4 o'clock this morning setting out bread to rise, and I was supposed to put the bread in at 10.35 to bake, and so we could smell bread in this room. And then my son, who's standing in the back, um, was going to get it and deliver it to us, but now it's not ready when it's supposed to be ready. It's going to be ready straight up. So guess what? No bread for us today. <laughs> Mission team, youth who's staying afterwards, you get fresh bread today for our mission trip meeting. I mean, I had it all set up. I had whipped butter with sea salt. I had, I'm just going to show you. I'm going to show you what you're going to miss out on this morning. I mean, we, I had it all set up. I'm going to tell you what kind of jelly this is. I'm glad you asked. A couple people in this room recognize this. So whipped butter with sea salt, delicious. Side note, great youth game. You set up four ice cream sundaes with chocolate, whipped cream, and syrup and everything. One of them is whipped butter scooped just like chocolate or just like ice cream. And you have a contest. Who can eat it fastest? And we always give it to a boy because we're afraid to hurt a girl's feelings. And then you just get them up here and you say, on your marks, get set, go. And they just start, wow. They don't even realize it's butter until about four hours later. Okay. And then we tell them, hey, you just ate whipped butter. And most of them are like, what? It was? Because they're so focused anyways. Whipped butter. Great youth game. I'd like to see it come back someday. I hold this because I have three bottles left in my freezer. This is Gretchen LaRoche freezer jam. Just take a moment. When you eat this on toast, it is a religious experience, I'm telling you. It is the best freezer jam. And I was going to share it with a few of you this morning, but I blew it. So, okay. It's, oh, it's strawberry, my favorite. She makes strawberry and raspberry. They're both fantastic. John chapter 6. This is a long passage because, you know, when you... I don't read my Bible enough. I'll just confess that. I mean, I read my Bible a lot. I don't read it enough. And so when I start looking at this passage where Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and he reveals... I mean, he's vulnerable and he reveals who he is and he is sharing the heart of God for his people. And you know, God's heart is that we would all know him. I hope you guys grasp that. That is not God's heart to punish us and to condemn us. His heart for us is compassion 
and love. And so he's revealing himself. In the seven I am's, he's revealing himself. And, and as I started reading this passage, I was like, well, I could stop here. Nah, let's go on a little bit. Oh, I could stop here. So I finally had to stop at verse 51. So we're going to read from John chapter 6, verse 25 through 51. It's a lot, especially when, when I'm reading and I'm teary-eyed and I can't see. I'm going to stop a couple times and share during while I'm reading. There's no way we can get to all of it this morning. So what I pray is that as we read his word, there would be things that capture your heart. And that you'd go home this week sometime and that you'd open up your Bibles to John chapter 6. And you'd read it. And just allow his Holy Spirit to speak deep to your heart about who your God is and what Jesus has done for you and the, mir the miraculous things that not only did he do back then, but the miraculous things he will do today. I mean, I hope you believe that your God is a God who does miracles. Because he is. We don't always see them. Doesn't mean they don't happen. But he is a God of miracles. Verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Okay, let's stop there. What they're saying is, how can we work for our salvation? How can we work so we can have more of this bread that we had yesterday? Physical bread. Just tell us what we're supposed to do to work for it. Now, we know that the Bible says that if we could work for our salvation, we would make it about ourselves, and we would brag about it. But salvation only comes to us who by faith say, God, I believe and it's his grace. We're saved by what? We're saved by grace. We're not saved by works. We're saved by his grace. So we don't brag about it. We, we're saved by his grace. So we can't work for it. When Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who has, he has sent. So they asked him, well, what sign will you give that we may see, that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. I just think, just picture yourself. The day before, he fed 10,000 people. And now the next day, they're saying, hey, what sign will you show us? Do something so we can see it. Now, the disciples knew that he had fed that many there was no Twitter back then, so it didn't blow up. It wasn't a trending thing that he fed 10,000. There's only 12 people in the boat that we know of, and so only 12 knew that he walked on water. So I guess you can look and say, well, I guess they didn't really know. But I have a feeling that rumors spread pretty quick back then, and I think they knew. And so they're asking him, show us more signs. Will you do more 
magic tricks for us? Will you just do more so we can see it, so we can benefit from it? And Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. Can I just read that again to you this morning? Because I think it's really important that we capture what Jesus said. This is the first time he's saying, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Church, this is really good news. This is really good news. So I want you to capture the next several verses. Jesus says, I'll never drive you away. Those who come to me, I will never send you away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. You guys ever know what God's will, want to know what God's will is? I mean, I pray, God, what is your will? I pray that. God, what is your will? Okay, here it is. Here's our answer. That I shall lose none of all those who you have given me, but raise them up on the last day. God's will is that he would help us persevere through what we go through this side of heaven. That is good news. God's will is to help walk alongside of us in our storms, in our struggles, to help us persevere until the last day. My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. At this, the Jews began to grumble about Him because He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. So we look at that and we just say, okay, Jesus is making this claim that he's come down from heaven. And, um, but it was a big deal back then. Because what Jesus is saying is, I'm God. I'm God. And I've come down to rescue those who God has sent me to. And you don't believe me. And that's what he's saying. And so instead of repentance, instead of saying, okay, I believe, they get mad and they start grumbling. And what's their excuse? Pfft. Isn't this Jesus who just grew up down the street? Isn't this like Mary and Joseph's son? And we've known him for 31 years, 32 years. You know the book of John, a lot of theologians believe that the book of John was written between Jesus' second and third year of ministry, right up to where he goes to the cross. So he's been ministering for like a year or so plus already as we read the book of John. So Jesus has been alive on planet earth for he was going to bring the bread in. He just looked through the window and gave me a thumbs up, thumbs down, and I said no. So. I blame myself. See, they've seen Jesus and they knew Jesus. Jesus probably built some of their fences. Jesus probably made some of their furniture. Come on, he was a carpenter in the community. They knew him. And so it was hard for them to get their heads around like, wow, 
Mary, Joseph's son, is actually claiming to be, G- be Jesus. He was Jesus. He was claiming to be God. Now, as I read the scriptures, when we see Jesus and we see his interaction with people, it was a unique interaction, and everybody was astounded. Nobody really could walk away from an encounter with Jesus and say, eh, I don't know about that guy. Because they felt loved and they felt cared for, even to the point of conviction. Because, you know, when we feel convicted, that's because we're loved and cared for. Because God doesn't want us harming ourselves and doing things that will hurt us and hurt others. So conviction is not a bad thing. And so they start arguing and grumbling amongst themselves, and they're like, this can't be, this can't be right. We liked what Jesus had to offer us yesterday in this whole bread thing. That's why we walked all the way around the lake to come and see him today because we're hungry today. We want to see more things happen. We have, we're seeing people healed and we're seeing people that are possessed and struggling mentally and all that stuff being made whole. We want more of that. We want to see more of that. And so they're grumbling. They're arguing. They're, they're not liking what they're, they're hearing. And Jesus lovingly says this. Stop grumbling. Stop grumbling among yourself, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. There's so much in this passage. Some of you in here, you struggle with whether the fact that you're saved or not. How can I say that? Because I used to years ago. I just wanted to make sure, <laughs> I just want to make sure I was in. I want to make sure I knew him and he knew me and that I had a life. So I used to really struggle with that. And I remember somebody shared this passage with me. The fact that you are even thinking about God. The fact that you are even in church or even thinking about Jesus isn't in you to even think about. Because the Bible says we oppose him. We are going the other direction. But it is God who puts those thoughts in our heart and in our mind. And so it's him who's calling us, who's drawing us to himself. And so if you struggle this morning with, I don't know if I'm saved or not, well, it's okay to ask that question. But then put some cement And say, okay, I believe in Jesus and what he did on the cross and what he did here for me is for me. And then we live for him. And we trust him. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. And I am the bread of life. Jesus says it again. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna. Yes, they ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here, here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats it, whoever eats this bread, will live forever. 
This bread is my flesh. I will give this bread for the life of the world. Wow. Josh, go get that bread. <laughs> I'm still not going to give any of it to you. I've already promised it to the youth, so they'll tar and feather me. Can I just encourage you one more time as the bread is coming? Can I encourage you to read this passage again this week? John chapter 6. I know some of us, when we pick up our Bibles, like, I'm not really sure where I'm supposed to read. We're, we don't have the Bible app. We don't have a Bible reading plan. And sometimes it's the, I'm just going to say it, the Christian Ouija board. And we just kind of open it up and let it flop to. And like, all right, I guess I'm reading Isaiah today. And we don't really have a plan. We don't really. So here's your plan this week. Read John chapter 6. And then spend some time studying and, and chewing through it. And allow the God to speak. Wow, look at that. Allow God to speak to you. That's speaking to me right now. <laughs> but allow God to speak to you as you read John chapter 6 this week. See, the people in the crowds wanted this type of bread. This is the bread they wanted right here. Because it's temporary and it's, it fills me today right now. And if it's anything like the wine that he had made a few, a few years or a year or a, half, a few months, whatever it might be, timeline. If there's anything like that wine, this is probably the best bread that was ever made. If Jesus made it, it had to be the best bread. This is what they were looking for. This is what they were looking for. But you know the bread that was being offered was this bread. Nothing fancy about this. It's not even leaven in it. It won't even rise. It's a we call it a cracker. Nothing special about this, except for the fact that it represents Jesus. And this bread was what? It was broken. This is the bread they wanted. But this is the bread that was offered. It's a sacrificial bread. And they knew it. They're like, this is a hard teaching. Because what Jesus goes on to say is, you've got to eat this bread. If you want to follow me, this is the bread you're going to have to eat. It's a bread of sacrifice. Not only for him, but also for us. Because when we eat this bread, what are we saying to ourselves? It's just like baptism. I'm dying to myself. For my desires, my, what I want, my goals, my, what my, 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 my... I have a granddaughter now, and you guys are going to hear me talk about her all the time. By the way, that was my son that came up. If you've never met him, that's Josh. He's way bigger than I am, and that's what vitamins do. <laughs> I took vitamins when I was younger. Didn't work. <laughs> but my granddaughter right now, what she says is me a lot. It's me. Me room. I means she's going to run to her room and be right back. Be back. Be back. That's what she does. She'll put her stop sign up, and she's telling you to wait because she'll be back. But right now it's me, 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 a little bit of me, me, me. And so it's me room, you know, and those are a couple other personal things. We won't go there, but, but it's me, 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 you know. Jesus says when we come to him, 
it's not me. Yes, me comes to him. But after I eat of this bread, it's not me anymore because it's him. Isn't that way it's supposed to be? God, not my will. We just looked at that. Not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but on, in my life as it is in heaven. I mean, that's God's heartbeat for us. We, just, we see it right here. The last verse that we read, verse 51. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So Jesus sacrificed and he gave us this bread. They wanted this with all the fancies, but he gave us this bread instead. Now, I will say this. Jesus said, I've come to give them life, and a life that is what? Abundant. So when we follow Jesus, when we eat of him, and we say, and say God, I lay my life down for you, he does give us this, right? Amen. Come on, he does? I mean, not always. Sometimes it's store-bought but it's not this, but he gives us this. He gives us life abundant. Is it just he talked about eternal life? I think a lot of times we think about Jesus, he only talked about eternal life. No, he's talking about life now because why do we have abundant life now? It's because he's with us. The reason why we have abundant life now is because he promised that he'd give us his Holy Spirit to walk with us and to lead us and to correct us and to teach us and to guide us. They were looking for a relationship of benefits. I chose to say it that way. That's what they were looking for. Oh, I'm going to follow Jesus. I can follow a guy who feeds me like this, who meets my physical needs like this, and who's a good teacher, and they recognize he was a great teacher. I can follow. But Jesus wasn't looking for them to follow him because of the benefits. They were looking for them to follow him because of who he was. It was an impersonal Religion is what they had. See, that's all they knew was this distant God who is way out there. And if we just do all these things, in fact, we're going to take the word of God and we're going to add our own list just to make sure we get it right. And all they knew is to do. That's why they asked, how can we work for this? What can we do? And Jesus simply says, there's one thing you can do, and that's to come to me, and that's to believe in me. They wanted a substitute. They wanted a savior substitute. Can I tell you about a story about substitute? Okay. And my precious mother-in-law is here today. The hall speakers are on. Karen, can you hear me out there? Okay, she's right there in the window. So back when I was dating my wife, and I didn't ask permission, this is another one, I didn't ask permission, so I'm asking for forgiveness ahead of time. <laughs> but I've heard her tell this story many times, so um, Cleo and I were dating, and we'd go over to their house often and, and hang out, and we had certain times where I had to leave and that whole thing, and it was great. Um, and Cleo's not in here right now to hear the story because she's in with her granddaughter. And um, so one time Karen... Um, made this amazing blackberry cobbler. Everybody like blackberry cobbler? What do we know about blackberries? They're 
most of it's pretty sweet, but you have to add a lot of sugar. Kind of like this. Have you, you know how much sugar is in this? <laughs> I asked Gretchen, hey, can you give me the recipe to this? And she says, just buy a bunch of sugar. <laughs> and throw a few strawberries in it. There's a lot of sugar in here. So you had to put a lot of sugar in blackberry cobbler to make it sweet so you can taste it. Well, there's this new um, substitute sugar thing that had come in. It was like Splenda or whatever it might have been back then. <laughs> and um, and we're, she was health conscious and was like, hey, that's a lot of sugar. That thing's calling for like, like a cup of sugar for this huge pan of blackberry cobbler. So let's eat a little healthy today. So let's just put a cup of Splenda in instead. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about, okay? Because, like, if you put a tablespoon of sugar in your coffee, which I'm not going to confess to that I do, <laughs> but if you do, you don't put a tablespoon of Splenda in your coffee. You put, like, a little half of the quarter of the bag in because it's so concentrated sweet. So when you put a cup of Splenda in with blackberries, Krista, that was the perfect face. <laughs> Zoom that it face right on that camera, just right there. She's in the fourth row on the right, okay? It was nasty. But being the polite guy, because I'm dating the daughter, and we have, there's, I think there's somebody else there, and they're like all talking, we're sitting around the table, and I'm like, <laughs> nobody else is eating, and I, I'm, so naive. No, everybody else took one bite and stopped eating. I didn't notice that. So I'm trying to milk this big bowl. And I'm just taking little bites just constantly. And it is excruciatingly nasty. And then Karen is, you know, Karen is Karen, and she's a go-getter, and she's like talking the time, and she hadn't even taken a bite yet, and then she, towards the very end, she takes a bite and goes, this is gross. <laughs> Why? I hope none of you guys ate this. And I'm like. <laughs> I married her daughter anyways. It was great. <laughs> but you know, the people here in this story and I'm just going to say the people here on planet Earth are looking for a substitute savior. Something that they can just add a little bit to. And Jesus came and said, there's no substitute. And we're going to look at that. Jesus is going to make six more claims after this. And some of them are like, wow, I, Jesus, there's no way in 2020 you could say that. It's politically incorrect for you to say, I'm the only way to heaven. You cannot say that today. Well, actually, you can. But people aren't going to be happy. But can I just say this? The people that are really looking for the real thing are going to hear that and say, all right, I've tried all the other substitutes, and it's excruciating nasty. And they make that face that Krista made. So I'm longing for the real thing. I want the real thing. I need the real thing. And so, Jesus, would you show me that you're the real thing? So when Jesus says, I am the bread of heaven, he's not talking about 
this warm, fuzzy feeling, delicious snack. He's saying, I am your substance. There's no one that you can come and get life from except for me. We have a lot of options in bread. You can go to the grocery store and just stand there and like, wow, there's a lot of bread in here. 99 cent bread and $7 bread. I would love to know how many of you pay like seven, that $7 one that's up in the left-hand corner. I've never bought it. It's got to be good, but I just can't do it. I can't spend $7 for that loaf of bread. There's a lot of options today. But Jesus says, I am the bread that comes from heaven. If you want life, then it's, it's through me. If you want life, it's through me. And then I will open up, what does he say? I will open up the heavens to you. I will give you someone who will walk alongside you, the Holy Spirit, who lives inside you and will lead you and guide you. When we say yes, when we say yes, he will lead us and guide us. Is it easy? No, it's not going to be easy. Jesus didn't promise it was going to be easy. That's why they all left. That's why they all clicked unfollow. Because Jesus said, it is going to be hard. But you're still going to get this with me. But it is going to be hard. It's going to be sacrificial. Man, there's things I want to do, but I, in my flesh I want to do, but no, I can't do those things because I know it will damage me, it will damage relationships, it will damage people. And it also, it doesn't bring him glory. Why were we created? We were created to bring him glory, to live for him. So when people see us, they see him. When people see us, they actually see Jesus. Wow. I have a lot of work to do. And that work is this, is surrender. It's not work to like, oh, I got to start Watching what I say, I got to, no, what happens is when you surrender to Jesus, he just starts working in you, and he'll take away those things, and he'll replace them with, with life. Amen? Amen? Can you stand with me? Honest moment. I left my second page of notes in the, my office. Some of you are like, whew, glad you did that. <laughs> let's pray but before we pray as we just close our eyes for a moment can I invite you to take a taste of the real bread that comes from heaven and that you would receive if you're receiving life from any other source if you're receiving life this morning from from unprescribed pills, I'm just going to say it that way, from other substances, if you're receiving life from the things that you look at and the things that you eat, the things that, that bring you joy and pleasure, if that's where you're receiving life, those are all substitutes. And they're flashing and they're, they're temporary and it's, it'll be gone. And, and for those of us that follow Jesus, when we surrender to those other substitutes, it makes us feel shame and it makes us feel guilt. And so in this moment right now, can we just have a moment where we say, God, will you forgive me for eating the substitute 
for grabbing onto the substitute and not grabbing onto you instead. It's a simple prayer, and you know what? The Bible says that he forgives us, and he's gracious to us. And he takes away that shame, he takes away that guilt, because his word says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so, Lord, in those places in our life, those places in my life, Lord, I, I pray for conviction that your Holy Spirit would lead us out of those places and then into new life in you. That it wouldn't be a temporary bread that we seek after, but it would be a, a bread that lasts forever, for eternity. Yes. Lord, may we eat of that bread. May we declare you are the bread of life. You are the one who gives me life because I believe in you and I follow you. If you've never followed him before, this morning would be a great day to say, today I follow Jesus and I'm going to eat of this bread. I've tried all the other substitutes, but today I'm going to eat of this bread. And if you make that decision today, I just invite you, would you talk to somebody and would you tell them that decision and, and so we can walk alongside of you and encourage you and, and help breathe life into you. Through, through the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? So Jesus, as you do all those things in us, speak to us. God, as we read John chapter 6 this week, God, speak to us as we come into your presence and we ask, Lord, be the bread of life. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. amen. You guys are amazing people. Honored to be with you. Um, looking forward to next week already. As Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Yeah, so it would be good. God bless. Amen.